A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Telling a woman that she can't be an elder is a nonsense rule. If they claim to be in the body, we let them have it. Donald Trump is going to win in 2020 by an absolute landslide. Christianizing the American dream. I said that you, uh, that, that many LDS folks and I uh, love the same Jesus. Uh, I still believe that. Sawing is a blessing from God to make you rich. Treating Jesus like a lottery ticket. The Lord spoke to my heart. Then very few times I've ever heard God be this articulate with me. And I'm telling you word for word, these words came into my heart. I'm not asking you with me. I'm asking you to brush your hair. That's what God commanded Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Master's Dog. I almost said the Fifth Seal. Did so much of those episodes last month, I'm uh, stuck in my head. Welcome back to the Master's Dog, episode 159. I am your host, Norm, the Master's Dog Dunham, a.k.a. the Evangelical Norm. Master's Dog is a podcast I do dealing with false doctrines, false teachers, false gospel, false whatever. Anything that comes against the truth of God's word, I bark. So it started out as a, a podcast called Faith and Beliefs Refuted, responding to uh, videos made by the Saints Unscripted podcast segment they created called Faith and Beliefs. Started with them doing the Articles of Faith of the LDS Church. I committed to respond to every one of those videos. When they continued on after that, I said I would continue to respond to that. Then down the road, <clears throat> excuse me, I decided. You know, I wanted to respond to other issues, you know, false teachers like Joel Osteen, Todd White, and so on. And uh, that was when the master's dog uh, became a thing. I took the quote from John Calvin, which you find at the beginning of this introduction video, and made this podcast. So again, whenever God's truth is attacked, I bark. And uh, mainly, it's still the core of this podcast is responding to those videos from Saints Unscripted because I'm a guy that when I make a commitment, I do my my very best to uh, stick with that commitment. And so they continue to make videos in this faith and belief segment of their podcast. I continue to respond to most of them. I, I've given some kind of response to each one. I may not have watched every video or played every video as I responded. I may have just done a screenshot and kind of given a uh, well, Cliff Notes version, but I have responded to every one of the videos that they have put out over at Saints Unscripted on their faith and belief segments. So that's a little bit of background for those of you who are new, continuing to get new subscribers. It has been great. Um, thank you to all of you who like, subscribe, or like, share, comment on the videos. That makes the algorithm send the stuff out to more and more people. And we get more and more subscribers. So thank you all very much. Um, thank you for for doing what you do to help this channel grow. I very much appreciate it. So today we are back to the roots of the podcast. We are going to be in the rest of this week. I'm trying to do one every day. I um, almost didn't do this one today, but I figured I can get it in before I have to go to bed. Um, so uh, 
responding to our friends over at Saints Unscripted. So they've done a lot of videos recently over the last probably four or five months that have just been kind of history, nothing major to really respond to. But today and tomorrow, the videos I'm going to respond to really kind of dig into some some interesting stuff, things that people really like to talk about, the, um, you know, those uh, just flashing red light uh issues within mormonism polygamy right it's that big red fire truck that everybody likes to look at as it goes by um and so today uh david is going to be talking about uh plural husbands uh and we'll let him get into the video and then i'll talk about it and we'll we'll kind of break it down uh as i started watching this video and initially looking at the title i thought this was going to be like you know the straw man well you know they had multiple husbands too so well it doesn't make the multiple wives thing better because they had multiple husbands and as he gets into this video it, it really it it just makes everything that much more problematic so with that being said we will let david begin his spiel and we'll get into it so here we go Hey everyone, so if you've watched some of the other videos we've done on polygamy, you know that this is a topic that I struggle with. I don't like this subject, as do many modern Latter-day Saints. It's messy history and it's hard to separate fact from fiction sometimes. And if I'm going to struggle with this topic, I want to make sure that I'm struggling with the facts. So with that goal in mind, we know that Joseph Smith had multiple wives at the same time. But did some of Joseph's wives have multiple husbands? Let's see what we can find out. All right, so the fact is that when it comes to this topic, there aren't a lot of facts to go off of. Boy, but that's frustrating. Yeah. A good portion of what we'll talk about today is debated and based on very little evidence. But here's the deal. Joseph Smith had approximately 35 plural wives. Of these 35, approximately 14 of these women had legal husbands while also being sealed to Joseph. Of these 14 other husbands, four were non-members, nine were seemingly active members, and one was an inactive member. What the heck is going on here? I don't know what the heck is going question. on. I don't have all the answers, but here are some things to keep in mind as you come to your own conclusions. In these early years, there were different types of plural marriages. Some marriages were to be in effect for time or mortal life only. Some were for time and eternity. They would be in effect throughout this life and into the afterlife. And some marriages were for eternity only, meaning they would only take effect after this life had ended. The evidence, as mentioned earlier, is admittedly not as complete as we'd like, but it seems to suggest that with a couple of special cases which we'll talk about, these sealings to already married women were for eternity only. In other words, these women were married for time or life to one husband, and then after death, their marriage to Joseph would take effect. Okay, so that's something we need to address. Um, and all this does, I mean, supposedly this makes it all better. Well, he wasn't really having sex with them. He, they weren't sexual partners, blah, blah, blah. It was just for eternity. Well, one, why? <laughs> um, it, scripturally, biblically, we know Jesus himself says, uh, in, in the resurrection, there will neither be married nor given in marriage. 
Marriage doesn't exist in the same manner in which it exists now. Marriage is intended to be an intimate relationship between a husband and wife, a picture of the gospel, Christ and his church, but an intimate where, where sex is holy. Anything outside of this, any sexual activity outside of marriage is unholy, is sinful. Any. And then adding to the marriage relationship makes it sinful as well. Right? It's adultery. Jesus says they're, they're not given in marriage, nor they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. When we are in eternity, there is no sexual relationships. From everything we can see biblically, we are not going to continue to reproduce in heaven. So there's no need for the marital relationship because sex is not something that will be happening there. So it is not. Marriage isn't required, isn't needed. Does that make sense? So when Jesus says there's no marriage in the eternity, well, this flies in the face of Jesus's own words, essentially presenting eternal marriage as the Mormons do. They're calling Christ a liar. Bottom line, I mean, as harsh as that sounds, yeah, Norm, you're so mean, you're Mormon bashing. No, they're calling Christ a liar. I am coming to the defense. I'm a dog that barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if God's truth is attacked. And I remain silent. When I know what is true, I know what is biblical. I know the words of Jesus in this. I mean, these were people that were coming at Jesus trying to trip him up. The, the, the questions weren't just, well, we're curious about this. This was them trying to show that Jesus was not the prophet or uh, God incarnate that he claimed to be. They were trying to trip him up with these different questions. Well, whose wife will she be in the eternities? None of them. Right? Do, will I still know who my wife is and know that she was my wife and that we had this uh, relationship in our, in our mortal life when, I'm in, when we're in heaven? Absolutely. Will she be my wife? I mean, essentially, I will look at her and go, this is the woman that I loved throughout my lifetime on earth and had children with and raised children with and so on. But when we are in heaven, that that relationship is different. She is now just my sister in Christ. I'm still going to look at her and I'm hoping that I'll still have the emotional attachment and so on. But again, the sexual desire should not be there, will not be there. Because again, it's this is heaven. This is marriage is not happening anymore. Does that make sense? So to to say, oh, well, it's only for eternity. It makes it. It, it, it just raises more questions than it answers questions. Until then, they lived with their legal husbands and carried on with life as usual. There is no unambiguous evidence indicating that Joseph ever treated these women as wives or sexual partners. A plurality of husbands would have been even more controversial than a plurality of wives. Yet nobody involved at the time seems to have raised any concerns about polyandry including critics. Why? Probably because it was understood that eternity-only marriages were not multiple traditional marriages at the same time, but consecutive marriages, one beginning as another ended. But we still have to grapple with the question, why? But 
again, why did these relationships exist? The church's exactly. gospel topics as exactly you have to deal with why did they exist? Because again, if it's just an eternity thing, well, I mean that 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 can be done at any time. I mean that could be. I mean they do baptisms for the dead, so so ceilings could be done possibly. Well, they do ceilings posthumously now. You know, they do vicarious works. So none of this had to happen. There had, did not have to be these marriages during. I find it very hard to believe that Joseph Smith was marrying these women with simple altruistic motives. I, I, again, I because maybe it's just my bias as to who Joseph Smith was a liar, a deceiver, a con man, proven to be. Many times over, um, that I, I just, you know, again, he is your classic narcissistic cult leader. And yes, I do believe that during the time of Joseph Smith, the Mormon church was a cult. And this stuff shows that it was. I mean, you see the same stuff happening. I mean, David Koresh did stuff like this. I don't know if Jim Jones was taking other men's wives but but and then there's some questions that will come up and i'm going to wait for him to make a a specific statement and i'm going to deal with that but again why okay so why weren't people complaining about these women that had multiple husbands maybe because it was the fact that they were looking at the fact that they were now not married to these husbands but they were married to joseph and again i mean there's so much well there's not enough evidence that he was in the, the evidence is in the fact that he married these women. What more evidence do you need than the fact that Joseph said, you are now my wife, whether it be for eternity, whether it be for whatever. Joseph is saying, you were his husband, this was your husband, or this is your husband, but you are now my wife. I am the prophet, and I am taking you as my wife. What more evidence do you need? There's, a, there's evidence of a marriage. What does that entail? Carry on. Stay on this subject outlines three potential reasons that I'm going to paraphrase. First, these ceilings may have simply been a way to link individuals and families together for the afterlife. We talked a little bit about this in the episode we did about Helen Mark Kimball. Second, Joseph's first wife, Emma, understandably struggled immensely with plural marriage. These ceilings to married women may have been Joseph's attempt to obey the command he'd received to enter into plural marriage, but in a way that wouldn't require him to live with or be intimate with these women, thus hopefully minimizing Emma's pain. Third, Latter-day Saints believe that eternal marriage is a requirement for exaltation, which is a term we talk more about in this video. Some of these women were not eligible for an eternal marriage because their spouse was either inactive in the church or not a member at all. Being sealed to Joseph for eternity would have remedied that situation. In the case of Ruth Sayers, it appears that her non-member husband, Edward, actually insisted that she be sealed to Joseph. Now, there are a couple of special cases I alluded to. Okay, so whether the dude insisted she be sealed to Joseph or whatever, here's a, here's a couple of problems with that. One... Okay, so Emma struggled with plural marriage. Obviously, her husband is committing adultery and saying it's okay because God commanded him. And then God supposedly told her in a revelation, if you don't go along with this, I will destroy you. Okay, again, very cultish action in or attitudes or traits or characteristics. What, that's the word I'm looking for in this thing. But why is she struggling if there's no 
uh, consummation of the marriage, right? Obviously, there were marriages. We just said some were for time. Um, so during this time, obviously consummated. I, I, you know, and of course, they say there's only evidence of one that was actually, con- I'm, I'm pretty sure the fact that there's a marriage license or marriage certificate or any kind of ev- or of record of this marriage, I'm pretty sure Joe was consummating. Call that me, say that. I'm. Here's the other thing. Supposedly, this was not just a command for Joseph to enter into plural marriage. This was a command for all of them. Out of these 14 women, that we is it 14? Nine of them had active member husbands. The majority had active member husbands who must have been commanded as well to enter into plural marriage to receive exaltation if it's required. Now Joseph is stealing these men's ability to be exalted, to give the women the ability to be exalted as his wife. But none of these men... Now these men don't get, don't get to achieve exaltation because Joseph just took that from them. Does that make sense? See, here again, I was always taught when I was a kid in school, in, in, in middle school or junior high here when we did Utah studies, the polygamy was because so many of the men were dying and there was such a, a surplus of women Right There was this surplus of women because apparently they were much stronger than the men coming across the plane because the men were dying and the women weren't. Sorry, it was the other way around. There was actually a surplus of men and not a lot of women. And Joe is taking them all up. So now you have these men who don't have the ability to enter into plural marriage. Now they don't even have, I mean, they may still have their wife technically legally because legally they couldn't be married. So uh, according to state or, or whatever, and, and, and again, I don't know what, what kind of requirements and state records and so on were happening back in the 1830s of marriage. But polygamy was illegal in the United States. It was not recognized. So, obviously, Joseph taking these wives was not recognized. So, their, their current marriage to these men, if they weren't actually divorced, still stood. But Joseph was taking these women and taking these men's ability to be. So, why is God giving a command that all these worthy Mormon men who want to achieve exaltation have to enter plural marriage, but then... Take away, I mean, you've got nine men in good standing active members of the church who now do not even, don't even have a, 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 a one wife in eternity, let alone the requirement of plural wives in eternity to be exalted. That's not something that they're going to tell you. That's not something that David even brings up. Did he, maybe, maybe it's just something that only I thought of to earlier that we need to talk about. Joseph's marriage to Sarah Ann Whitney occurred in July 1842 and was for both time and eternity. She did not have a husband at this time. But nine months later, Joseph approached the young widower, Joseph Kingsbury, and asked him to marry Sarah. 
Kingsbury later wrote, I agreed to stand by Sarah Ann Whitney as though I was supposed to be her husband and pretended marriage for the purpose of shielding them from the enemy. For more on what that pretended marriage probably looked like, pause and read this quote. So yes, Sarah had two husbands, but for what it's worth, Kingsbury was a front husband who likely lived with Sarah as a friend. The friend zone. Which mean that, means that Joseph was taking her as a husband, sexually. No, no, no. I'm not in the zone. Oh, Ross, you're mayor of the zone. Joseph did not want the public to know about plural marriage. The reality is that publicly practicing polygamy would have surely meant severe backlash, not just for Joseph, but for the already persecuted saints in general. So he had a choice to make, and he chose to select his words very carefully and, frankly, to be less than publicly forthright about the practice. And he lied. I mean, bottom line, he lied. He was a con man. This is what Joseph Smith did. This is why I always talk about the core of Mormonism is deception. Your foundation of this religion is based on lies and secrecy and and falsehoods and this is just another example of it i mean it carries on to today i mean look at Brit, or, uh, mitt romney when he ran for president and trying to go well you know i was basically a pastor of my church and da 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 da, da. look if you're a mormon be honest you've never had a pastor in your life you had a bishop but nowhere in no Mormon church since maybe they did in the 1830s, there were men who were addressed as pastors. But since I was a member of the church, no one is there is no title of pastor in the LDS church anywhere. What was what was Romney doing? He was deceiving people, trying to deceive people into thinking we're just like mainstream Christianity. No, you're not. And this was part of it. And why was Joseph trying to hide it? It was illegal. It was going to get them in all kinds of trouble. And if it wasn't, if it, there was no sexual remnant or, or part to this, no sexual, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Uh, but if there is no aspect to this, then what's the point? And why would people be mad? You know, why would somebody be mad that he was married to a 14-year-old girl if there's no sexual aspect to the relationship? I mean, otherwise, I mean, it's just make it, playing make-believe. It's playing pretend. It's, it's, it's pretending. Right? There was definitely some reasons there. And the reason is it's evil. It's sinful. It's wrong. For more details it's adul on that. It's adultery. Definitionally, it's adultery. Go read this article. The other relationship we need to mention was between Joseph Smith and Mary Heron. Mary's legal husband was John Snyder. There is one shred of evidence from Mary's son-in-law in 1850 suggesting that an intimate relationship existed between Joseph and Mary, which has led to the assumption that she was probably one of his plural wives. But because we know practically nothing about this case, different people come to different conclusions about it. You can pause and read about some of those options now. 
In any case, she and her family continued to believe Joseph was a prophet and stuck with the church. That said, due to the lack of evidence, I tend to withhold judgment on this one, but we'll see if additional information turns up in the future. Now, some people claim that Joseph sent men on missions in order to marry their wives. The historical data tells another story, but we'll talk more about that in a future video. That's the video we're going to respond to tomorrow. Well, hang on to your questions until then. In the meantime, resources for today's topic. Read the Gospel Topics essays. Then, if you want to go deeper, I strongly recommend you check out Brian Hale's research. You can jump on his website right now and go through and learn about these 14 relationships one by one. Look at the evidence available for each of them and come to your own conclusions. I'm under no illusion that this history is just full of butterflies and rainbows. It's not. It's difficult stuff. In 1866, then-Apostle Amasa Lyman said, We obeyed the command to practice plural marriage the best we knew how, and no doubt made many crooked paths in our ignorance. But here's the thing. We can't mess anything up so bad that Jesus can't fix it. If anyone, women or men, felt gypped out of or into a relationship as the saints struggled to understand and apply the commandment they'd received, if injustice occurred, I believe Jesus can and will make it right. Check out the resources in the YouTube description for more on this topic, and have a great day. Alright, so, here's the thing. And I know people are going to come at me and go, well, Abraham, uh, multiple wives. Well, okay, Hagar, uh, God, I just went blank on his wife after Sarah died, um, Khadijah, I believe, um, right, and Israel, you know, Jacob, Leah, uh, Rachel, Bilhah, um, Zilpha, right, here's the thing, none of these plural marriages was commanded by God, none, zero, these were all men taking on into their own hands, trying to achieve the things that God said was going to happen, right? Abraham with Hagar. It was Sarah going, how am I going to have a baby? God promised you a baby. How am I going to have a baby? So let's look at this from a human standpoint. Go have sex with my handmaid. Make her pregnant. God said, no, that's not the child that I promised you. I promised you a child from this woman, and this is what I'm going to do. Bad things happened. We have, we have centuries of, of infighting in that area of the world based upon Ishmael versus uh, Isaac, right? Then we have Jacob and his family and all the horrible things that went on, just, just the dysfunction, the, you know, the, the Rachel and Leah and, uh, you know, neglecting Leah because he loved Rachel and so God made Rachel to where she didn't have any kids for a while and then Leah and then Rachel's like well here have sex with my handmaiden and again same thing and then uh, Leah's like well no have sex with my and so all the did God accomplish something great out of it yes the 12 tribes came out of that and and got and the, the history and and so on but none of this was commanded by God did he tell, you know, was, was Jacob able to just cut them off? No. I mean, you made a commitment to, to marry these women. You're now going to take care of them. You can do right by them. But none of this was, was commanded by God. You know, David with, with, with Bathsheba, that was adultery. That was admitted adultery. 
right? Or, or acknowledged adultery. So again, and, and, and maybe, you know, again, adultery, the, the command against adultery hadn't come into effect with Isaac and, and, and um, or with Abraham, right? And then down through to, to Isaac and um, Israel and, and so on. I mean, the law didn't come until Moses after all. So there was no command against adultery, but we can rec- at, look at it and recognize it now. And then, so, but once adultery, that was... That command is given, thou shalt not commit adultery. Beyond that, every instance of a man going after, having sexual relationships with someone who wasn't his wife, even Solomon, who had many wives, that is acknowledged as adultery. It's sinful. It's wrong. God does not command plural marriage. Ever. Sorry, Joe. Whatever revelation you got about plural marriage did not come from God, did not come from the God of the Bible. I I don't know where Joseph's revelations came from. I don't know if he made them up. I mean, I've given my, my, I've hypothesized on these. I think he was just making stuff up. I think he was a cult leader and he was just making stuff up. But maybe some of this, he was actually deceived by Satan. I mean, all the places where we, we see references to angels of light. In the Book of Mormon, the beginning of the original introduction to the Book of Mormon, referred to Moroni as an angel of light. What does the Bible say? Even Satan appears as an angel of light. Right? So, was it demonic um, revelation? It is. Whether it actually came from a demon or Joseph Smith's own sick, sexually sexually depraved mind, well, we... We'll know one day, we'll know one day, you know, we will stand in, in front of that, that, that great throne judgment and we'll see these people who will come and say, Lord, Lord, did we not do these things? And he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. You were deceived by a false prophet who commanded these things at the behest of demons or at, the, at the, the, his own sinful, sick, sexually depraved mind. But God did not, and I say that with absolute certainty, God did not command plural marriage. That's adultery, and God is not going to contradict his own law. Not going to do it. Not going to happen. So, no matter any of this, and again, as we get into this whole thing to, tomorrow about sending men off on missions to, to steal their wives, whether he did or not, I mean, whatever method by which Joseph took their wives from them, he still did that. It's still adultery. It's still sinful. And if God did command plural marriage, why would God say, take away these men's ability to be exalted? By taking away the, the even, you know, again, to David, Nathan's story to David. You have a rich man who has, who has, you know, all these sheep. And he has a visitor come and his neighbor has only one. And the rich man who had many took the one. That's exactly what Joseph did to these men. If this is the law, if this is what the revelation was given to say you must enter in to plural marriage in order to receive exaltation... 
then Joseph acted as this, these men only had one wife. And Joseph said, you know what? You don't get to enter into exaltation. I'm taking those. So not only do you not get to enter into plural marriage in the eternities, you don't even get the one that you have. Other than that, I don't have strong feelings about it. Thanks, guys. I hope this was helpful, um, uh, or at least entertaining. Um, I, I get heated. I get heated because, again, I'm a dog and I'm barking because God's truth is being attacked. And I don't like that. So thank you, guys. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Hit that notification bell. Get all the content that I release here on the Evangelical Norm Network. If you like the video, hit that like button. Hit that share button. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you think I'm nuts or not. Let me know what you think. Throw those down in the comments. And as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. Till tomorrow, Soli Deo Gloria.